When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan. This is our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Mary Kay and I are going to talk all things Brown Steelers looking ahead to what is pretty much a playoff game for the Browns on Sunday against their division rival. Of course, we'll be covering it on Cleveland.com all week long, and you want to get signed up for Football Insider because you'll get access to any of those stories at Cleveland.com slash Browns that are exclusive to Insider subscribers. You'll get a daily newsletter delivered to you, written by a member of our Browns team, again, exclusive to insiders. And then, of course, there's our texting, uh, where we'll be texting you with updates, analysis, all of that stuff throughout the week, leading up to probably the biggest game the Browns have played since, uh, I don't know, maybe they came back. So check out Football Insider. Go to cleveland.com slash Browns and click on the blue banner at the top of the page. Hey everybody, welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby, joined by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, the Browns losers to the New York Jets on Sunday, but we're going to talk about what really matters, and that is the fact that the Browns are facing a win-and-get-in situation on Sunday, and not just a win-and-get-in, but a win-and-get-in against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the team that has just absolutely tormented them for years uh this is kind of the chance i guess to put all of those demons to rest for this uh for this organization and this football team so we're going to go over some uh some questions here regarding the browns and we're going to start with uh I, i guess kind of a steelers question in a way are we expecting the browns to face the steelers starters on sunday you know, that is such a great question. And I've been trying to dig around and, and try to find out what their thoughts and what their plans are. And Mike Tomlin's not speaking today. Uh, he doesn't talk until, depending on when you're listening to this, he doesn't speak until Tuesday. So we don't have a great handle. They were very uh, coy about it after the game, about what might happen uh, with who they might start or not. Uh, I'm guessing maybe it could be a mix of guys or maybe they'll rotate guys in more and approach it like that where, uh, you know, maybe they'll let Ben start the game and, uh, you know, and then depending on how it goes, they'll, you know, they'll get him out of there or, you know, just something along those lines. But I could see them trying to get their starters a little bit of rest uh, before the playoffs. So what's interesting here is I think um, when they went to seven playoff teams, obviously it made the, the race to get in more exciting, which we're seeing. But I think the thinking was the race for the number one seed would be pretty exciting. But that's, that's all locked up in the AFC. And, and so the two seed is, I don't want to say it's irrelevant, but I mean, it's more just kind of a matchup thing. Um, if the Steelers are second or third, and we're recording this before the Bills Monday night game. Uh, so we don't know what happened with Buffalo as, as we're talking here, but it's going to matter, I guess, how much the Steelers want to be second. And, and I don't know, because this is a team that hasn't had a bye week all season. Uh, they lost their bye week to the, when Tennessee had their COVID issues. I mean, essentially they had the weekend off, but they didn't have a true bye week. Uh, and then they lost their Thursday night extended bye. 
or, you know, kind of extended weekend with Baltimore. So I don't know, maybe they just, maybe they value rest over, you know, kind of positioning and, and rhythm, which the other side of this is you just played a really good second half. You're probably your sec- best half of football you've played in the month of December. So is there something to maybe trying to keep that going a little bit? Yeah, there are a lot of things to consider as they head into this game. Uh, some of the things that you mentioned, and, uh, and one of the other things that I've been thinking about is the fact that a lot of people have talked about how the Browns are kind of getting hot at, it, at the right time. Do the Steelers want to face the Cleveland Browns <laughs> in the playoffs, right? This is an opportunity for them to knock them out and not have to deal with the two-headed monster. I mean, what if you think about this? What if you rest your starters and then you have to play the Browns? I mean, could they face the Browns in the first round? They could, right? They could, yeah. It just depends where everybody ends up. Okay, so you rest your starters, you let the Browns get into the playoffs, and then they come back and beat you in the first round of the playoffs because they are healthy, they can run the football, and anything can happen. So I think that is something to consider. They might want to just get the Browns out of playoff contention if they possibly can. Yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting. I think that would say a lot about how they feel about their football team um, and, and, and their chances. Because, look, I mean, the Browns are a good team. Um, but, you know, if, if you think you're actually a team that can kind of if that second half was kind of your get right half and now you're maybe back to being a Super Bowl contender, I would think you wouldn't be scared of anybody outside of Kansas city, but yeah, I mean, maybe you would be, maybe you just wouldn't want to face this Browns offense. And like you said, that, that rushing attack, miles Garrett, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's just something you don't want to deal with if you're the Steelers. So that's interesting as well. And the other part of this, if they don't play their starters or if they play them for a half, we see uh, Miles Garrett versus Mason Rudolph again. Yeah, that that's another consideration. And is that something? Is is the sort of the distraction of that matchup something that either team really wants to deal with? Does Mike Tomlin want to put both cities through that for the next <laughs> week? You know what I mean? I mean because that's what you know. That's what it would be all about. And. Uh, you know, that might just also not be worth it. So there are a lot of things to consider. Another thing to consider is uh, TJ Watt for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. You know, I mean, TJ's on a roll. I think he, does he lead the NFL with 15 sacks right now? Uh, I'll, I'll look it up, but uh, I think he's, that he's might close be the if case. he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, he's been on, on a terror and, uh, you know, and, and it's an award that Miles Garrett really wanted. So Miles is three sacks behind TJ. TJ has a bunch of tackles for loss and um, and a bunch of quarterback hits. So I would think that you know that TJ would be ahead of Miles right now. But you know, it sets up a little bit of a showdown between two of the best pass rushers in the NFL uh, that really wanted this award and that are both still kind of in in the running for it. Yeah, so here's, here's your top five. T.J. Watt, 15. Aaron Donald, 13 and a half. Hassan Reddick, 12 and a half. Of course, he had a bunch of those uh, a couple of weeks ago. Zadarius Smith, 12 and a half. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, 12 and a half. And then Miles Garrett is sixth um, at 12. So, um, yeah, T.J. Watt probably wants to put the exclamation point on that one. 
Would, would you do it? If you're Mike Tomlin, would, would you play your starters on Sunday or would you err on the side of caution and rest them? I would play the starters if I were Mike Tomlin. I would do everything in my power to knock the Cleveland Browns out of the playoffs. Uh, it's a division rival. It, you know, it is a big rivalry. And I do think that the Browns are, you don't want to, uh, you know, open up that door and take the chance of getting beat the next week by, by your division rival because you didn't play your best football game in the final week of the season. So I probably would play them. And if you can, you know, if they can do that and get maybe a comfortable lead, maybe you can get some guys, maybe you can get them some rest in the game. But if I were Mike Tomlin, I would go all guns blazing and try to try to knock the Browns out of there. I mean, I think, look, they just beat the Colts. Um, you know, the, the Titans don't have a very good defense. Uh, you know, do you really want to play a full healthy Browns roster that's going to include Ronnie Harrison, Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett. Uh, you know, they didn't, they were not themselves when they lost to the Jets yesterday, but they're going to be themselves more so in this game against the Steelers and into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think I'm playing, I'm playing my guys, especially on offense, because I want to make sure this month was so bad for the Steelers. And I'm a big believer in momentum, especially this time of year. I want to I want to make sure that half yesterday against the Colts when you came back from down uh, what was twenty four to seven I want to make sure that that I mean it wasn't even really a full half it was like you know a quarter and then three quarters of the third quarter so I want to make sure that that was real and and I want to keep that momentum going and look if you come out and you play a really good first half offensively and you feel good about things then maybe you pull the plug on some guys. Uh, but I, I, I want to get, I want to build some momentum. I want to build off of what I did in that second half against the Colts um, and, and kind of put that really awful December behind me uh, that, that I just had. <laughs> yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, their, their defense ended up kind of coming back and coming alive and making some big plays. And um, I'm sure those guys are going to want to go out and play. I mean, the, the person that you would probably think about resting would be Ben Roethlisberger, because I'm sure that, uh, that there has been wear and tear on that elbow. And uh, he had kind of pull out the stops yesterday and, and really kind of get going in that second half. But, um, but I don't know, I, I could see them playing TJ uh, to get him that, that award and, and Cam Hayward and, uh, and Joe Hayden. And uh, I, I could see them doing it. Okay. You kind of alluded to this. So I actually want to get to this question next. Um, the Browns and, and health. The Browns are getting guys back. Now, obviously, look, Grant Delbert was lost before the season started. Uh, Odell Beckham was lost against Cincinnati. So those two guys aside, they're not getting those guys back. Is this the best version of the Browns right now as far as the health, their health is concerned, as far as their personnel is concerned? Are we getting close to the best version of this roster right now? Yes, as long as the five COVID contacts of B.J. Goodson's come back for this game, then I would have to say, yes, I think that, uh, that they are as close to being uh, a full healthy complement of players as they have been all season. Now, ha having said that, they're not going to have BJ Goodson this game. He's out. He cannot play because uh, he tested positive for COVID-19. Jedrick Wills, 
uh, he was ill the other day. He needs to, to get clearance to come back, but he's been testing negative. As long as he stays negative, uh, that will be good for them. If he tests positive, uh, then that's a whole nother ball game because Kendall Lamb kind of struggled. I mean, he's not Judd Wills. And uh, so they need to get, they need to get Judd back. So if all those guys come back, I think they'll be in good shape. Now, Wyatt Teller, I didn't think he was supposed to be back for this game. Uh, but at this point, they're probably like, you know what? We're going to shoot that ankle up and you're going to get out there. It's a winner go home. And you are going to play some football, right? I mean, this is it. So, um, so I'm, I'm guessing that, that he's going to be out there. Now, will he be able to stay out there? It's a high ankle sprain. If he can't do it, then he can't do it. Uh, but I think they're going to roll him out there and see how that goes. And then Ronnie Harrison should be back with his shoulder. And I really think that he will be back. I think last week was his, okay, I'm off of uh, injured reserve. This week is I'm playing a football game. Yeah, I, I think this is um... – we're going to see as, as close to as healthy as this team's going to be uh, moving forward, especially on that O-line. You've got to get Wyatt Teller back. I, you know, Nick Harris really struggled, uh, it looked like, on Sunday. And so you've got to get Wyatt Teller back. I think he's such a big piece to this run game. You know, we've talked about it over and over on this pod. I know they've talked about it on Gotta Watch the Tape. I, Wyatt Teller really matters to this running, to this rushing attack. And that's, that's the backbone of this team is running the football and that play action stuff. And it, it opens up everything else. So uh, he's really important to get back. Jedrick Wills is really important to get back. You, you know, you just got Denzel Ward back. Uh, you know, I thought he played a pretty good game on Sunday. I know that, that there was the one play, uh, the one touchdown pass where there was a miscommunication or something. Uh, I don't know whose fault that was, but Denzel was involved in that. Uh, but he also made a big play late. So, you know, with him, Ronnie Harrison, you know, Miles Garrett looked a little more like Miles, I thought, on Sunday. So you're starting to get you're starting to get right again. And like, like I said, momentum is so important heading into the playoffs, and so is health. And the Browns seem to be trending in the right direction there. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on Miles. I thought that he gave uh, the rookie Makai Becton a pretty good battle in that game. And Becton's been having a pretty nice season. And, and I thought that Miles did a really nice job against a really big guy. And, uh, you know, he was, he was really active. He played 84% of the snaps and that's good. And, uh, you know, he, he's not his, his usual self, but, you know, maybe he's getting, I think he's probably getting a little better each week. I know he did more breathing treatments again last week. And, um, and I know he's really working hard uh, at, at kind of getting back to his peak self and uh, you know, Hopefully for him and for the Browns, he'll have an opportunity to be 100% in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, this is this is going to be a game where, you know, I mean, when Ronnie Harrison comes back, he plays, you know, he plays with his hair on fire. B.J. Goodson, I think that was a huge loss, as we've talked about. He is the signal caller back there. And when you don't have your guy, things do get screwed up. I mean, they just do. And, uh, you know, one more week knowing that he's going to be out, that changes everything, right? It's hard to become that guy when you find that out at whatever, one o'clock on Saturday and everything has to change by one o'clock on Sunday in the next 24 hours. Yeah. So I, that was one of the things I didn't think they handled all that well. Um, but yeah, it was, it was weird to see the, you know, the blown coverages, uh, the run defense, you know, the, the Jets run defense, the ranking was good heading into that game, but I had even talked to a writer that was saying, oh, it's overrated. 
uh, the run defense isn't as good as, as it seems. Well, you know, maybe it is as good as it seems, either that or we found out just how important it is to have the five guys that they have had on this offensive line all season long and how important that has been to the success of this season. Yeah, I, I think uh, Jed Wills is really important to that run game too. It's not just Teller. You know, it is kind of the, those five guys collectively, but I think Jed, Jed Wills has, has been pretty important to what they do uh, running the football. Okay, uh, let's look back to Sunday real quick, kind of also in looking forward. It was such a weird game. You didn't have your top four receivers. You didn't have B.J. Goodson and Jacob Phillips. You lost Jed Wills. You thought you were going to get him back, and then you lose him on Sunday morning because of the illness. Is there anything that happened Sunday, however, that would concern you going into this Steelers game? Baker turning the ball over. Baker fumbling. That would concern me against a Steelers defense that is going to want to force him to do that, okay? Once you identify some of those things on tape, uh, you're going to try to make that happen again. And, and we saw that he, you know, he turned the ball over twice against the Steelers in the first game. So Baker protecting the football is vitally, vitally important this game. We have found uh, that when the Browns win the turnover battle, they win the football game most of the time, okay? Uh, when they lose the turnover battle, that's when they struggle. And, and that's obviously what happened. So uh, Baker can't get that inside of his head. Uh, they're gonna have to figure out what they wanna do in a fourth and one type of situation. Kevin Stefanski always goes for it on fourth down. So uh, they, they're just gonna have to figure out if they want to trust Baker in those situations, because you know that they're gonna see that as a weakness now. Uh, I think, wasn't that the third time that he's fumbled on a sneak? Um. I believe it. There was the one in Tennessee. There was yeah. that one yesterday. I, I think it was. And then there was, he fumbled in Philadelphia, but I can't remember if that was on a sneak or not. But um, yeah, but yeah. so he had the fourth, twice it was on a fourth and one sneak. We know that for sure. Um, so I think the Steelers will be looking to get Baker rattled if they play, if they play their starters again, if they play the cams and the, um, you know, and the, and the TJ Watts, I think they're, they're going to be looking to do that sort of thing. So that would be the one thing that concerns me. Yeah. And, and look, this is the team that has kind of given Baker trouble for the most part in his career. This is, you know, he, I think he, he's what he did on Monday night against Baltimore a couple of weeks ago, kind of put some of that to rest. You know, Baltimore was sort of that other team in the division he struggled against. Um, so if you come out and play well against Pittsburgh and protect the football and show that the last time you played them, that's not you anymore. You're a different Baker. This is a different football team. Um, I, I think that's an important step for this team. You know, honestly, win or lose. If, if Baker looks like a quarterback thing that can go head to head against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, assuming they play their guys, um, that, that's a big step forward. For me, I just think it's sort of the running theme of this entire season. And that's the defense as much as we talk about them being healthy, there were still things that happened yesterday that, you know, I don't know that you can put it on not having Jacob Phillips and, and BJ Goodson. You know, now it is important that you don't have your signal caller out there. I, I don't think we should underrate that, but you know, there were miscommunications, especially in the secondary. And there were things that you just can't let Sam Darnold and the jets confuse you and, you know, have guys running free and get caught on, you know, with wide receivers wide open in the end zone and, and things like that. That concerns me. We saw it against Baltimore too on the last play 
not the last play, but the touch to the go ahead touchdown by Baltimore, the throw from Lamar Jackson. You had guys running into each other and you had got, you had miscommunications and that stuff, it's going to come back to haunt you at some point. And you got to hope now, like, like we said, it's not exactly win or go home, but if you don't win, you have to hope a lot of things go your way. So, so we'll just call it that. This is your first playoff week right here. And if you get caught in a, a miscommunication or something at the wrong time, you're going to be in trouble and, and you might not make the playoffs. Yeah, that, that is so true. And if, if Ben Roethlisberger does play in this game, you saw that he got hot all of a sudden, like he woke back up and, and played some football. I mean, he looked bad for several weeks. Right. Uh, but something, you know, something came back in the second half of that game and he hit big plays to Juju and he hit big plays to Deontay Johnson and Deontay Johnson hung on to the football. They've had numerous, numerous drops. Uh, so if they're going to be able to hit those kind of plays, then the Browns defensive backs have got to be on point. They've, they've just got to have their act together. But I think when they have Denzel back and I think when they have Ronnie back, I think uh, they'll, they'll be doing a lot better. And weirdly, the, um, the concerning thing with this is James Conner loves to run the football against the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but when he sees a Browns uniform, he loves to run the football. 403 career rushing yards against the Browns, which is far and away his highest total. He actually only has more than 200 yards rushing in his career against two other teams. And against the Browns, he's rushed for 403 yards. So there's something about it. It doesn't matter who's calling the defense, who's on the defense. James Conner loves to run the football uh, against the Cleveland Browns. All right, we're going to take a break, and we're going to ask one more question after that. And back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot. We are looking ahead to Sunday's matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers, essentially the Browns' first playoff game of uh, of this year. Uh, basically, win or go home. If they lose, some things can go their way. They can still get in. But the bottom line is they have a chance to take care of business and control their own destiny if they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that being said, is this Kevin Stefanski's biggest test as a head coach? And what has been a year full of tests for a first-year head coach? Yeah, it absolutely 100% is. And, you know, I mean, the the previous biggest test obviously came uh, in New York against the Jets with a chance to clinch the playoffs. That's all they had to do yesterday was beat a 1-13 and football team. And I still can't believe that they lost that game. They, there's no way that they should have lost to the 1-13 and Jets even without the guys that they didn't have. I kind of agree with them that that should not be an excuse. You still have a pro bowler in Kareem Hunt, a pro bowler in Nick Chubb, a pro bowler in Austin Hooper and Joel Batonio and Jack Conklin. I mean, there's no way that they should have lost that football game. Uh, it, I just don't think that I just don't think that they adjusted well enough before the game to not having the receivers that they had. I mean, I would have even like, wouldn't you have thrown Derek Willies in there and just put him on a go route and try to match him up one-on-one? Like, why didn't they do that? They, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't really do. They didn't do that with Marvin Hall. I thought we'd maybe see them take a shot with Marvin Hall. Um, I don't know. I, it was, it was weird. And I honestly, I, I think I tweeted this before the game, or maybe I texted it to um, our football insider subscribers, but I, ca- I said, like, if you were drafting the skill players in this game, so your wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs, 
how many Browns players would you pick before you picked a Jet? And I mean, I think the number is, yeah. I mean, it's at least three. Right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Before you get to Jamison Crowder. Right, right. I mean, when you have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I mean, you can do more things in the passing game with Kareem Hunt than they did. I know you can't change it all up in 24 hours, but to keep going back to the same well over and over again, Austin Hooper, I, I personally just don't even think that, that Austin Hooper and Baker Mayfield really have their chemistry down this season. No, it yet. doesn't they look just, like it. They never really got it. I mean, they never really connected in the way that you would have expected them to. And, you know, Austin Hooper missed, missed some time with the, uh, when he had the appendix out. Um, and, you know, I don't know. They just, they just don't seem to, to have that connection. I actually think that Baker has a better connection with David Njoku than he does with Austin Hooper. Okay. But there's also weird dynamics between those guys. We saw them <laughs> arguing the other, you know, in the clip the week before. And I don't know. I think he wants to throw the ball more to Austin Hooper than he does to David Njoku, but I don't know if that's the best decision. Sometimes you have to go with a familiarity. And I think he, I mean, Njoku caught four for four. Not that it was for, I don't even know how many yards. A lot, uh, a lot of short ones. <laughs> yeah. He caught some short ones, but I think he might've been good for some long ones. Like why not take a few shots to a guy that you've been playing with since 2018? I would have done that in a game you know, where you need some familiarity. There, there could be, you know, there could be a trust factor there too. You know, I don't know, but I mean, there could be, I, Najoku's hands have been better this year, but I mean, I, I think we've seen enough over his, his short career that it's kind of 50, 50 when that ball is in the air, if he's going to make the player, if it's going to hit the ground, he had four catches for 26 yards, a long of 11 uh, did Najoku. Um, you know what? I would have, I would have thrown the ball more to David Najoku. Why? Because it's somebody that you know. Even if you guys aren't necessarily on the same page right now, it's still a game where you need to win the game to clinch a playoff spot. And put aside any weird stuff in terms of whatever um, and just throw, throw to somebody that you know that you have some chemistry with he doesn't have great chemistry with I mean Harrison Bryant start got off to a very strong start in the beginning and you know he came back to the pack a little bit make some rookie mistakes and I mean he's going to be a good player but I don't know in this game I think you needed to get the the ball more into the hands of Kareem Hunt David Njoku guys that you know a little bit better yeah I I agree with that um but back to the question as far as Stefanski is concerned um, yeah, I think it is because of everything that's happened leading up to this, mm -hmm. because you had the, the four close contacts and I don't know, it sounds to me like he's not real happy that those guys were close contacts and that, um, and that, and that things happened that shouldn't have happened. Um, it sounded like that after the game, it sounded like it again today. Uh, I'm curious if we might get a more apologetic tone from those guys if, if we hear from them I, I don't know um, but it sounded like he wasn't thrilled about that uh, and so they've got to come back from that now and, and they've got to beat 
the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know they haven't been the big, bad Pittsburgh Steelers that they were at the beginning of the year or, the year, or that they've been in years past, but they're still the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they're still the team that has kind of owned you until you go out and beat them. So, yeah, I, I think this is, this is kind of it. There's a lot swirling around this team right now. And there's a lot of adversity, and he's going to have to figure out a way to put it behind him and kind of be that unflappable Kevin Stefanski and turn the page like the Browns have done so well this year. Yeah. And you know what, here, here's the thing. They're not even going to have those COVID guys back on Wednesday. Yeah. So when, when they go out there and practice and they put their first installation in on day one of the game plan for the Pittsburgh Steelers, biggest game of the year, biggest game in many, many, many years for this football team, they're not going to have those guys out there for that first for that first practice. And we don't even know for sure if they will have them for the second practice on Thursday. I think they'll have them back by then, but you never know with COVID. You have to wait until the test results come back and you have to be, you know, everything has to be cleared by everybody. Uh, so that, you know, th there are some gray areas with these rules. And I think it's Thursday. Uh, what it is, is they have to be uh, away from the facility for five days. Now, I guess there's even a slight chance they could get back on Wednesday. If you started the counting on Friday, and, and so you go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then you can come back on the sixth day on Wednesday. I mean, it could even be a situation like that where we get I surprised. Mean, I, I would assume it was, I would assume Saturday though would be the first day, right? Maybe, maybe, but because I would- the pot, the, they, got the, they closed the facility on Saturday. Right, right. So yes. And those guys were identified on, so I would assume, I would assume that they, I mean, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Who knows? It's supposed to be five days from the contact. So the contact was probably Friday. I, I don't know. We don't know for sure. Yeah. I tried to get the answer to that. But anyways, um, Kevin Stefanski thinks that they'll be back on Thursday. But still, um, it's a disruption. It's a disruption in your week, once again, not knowing who's coming back, when they're coming back. And here's the other X factor. They have to hope that no one else yeah. tests positive this week. And you never know. You never know how that's going to go. So, I yeah. mean, it's the thing. I mean, they, you know, look, all of Baker Mayfield's receivers are on the COVID list. I mean, like, what if Baker, like, ended up having to not be able to play this game? Then what? You know? I mean, you hate to think about it, but this is such a weird season, even something like that could happen. Well, and that's why, you know, even with the circumstances, you really wanted to take care of business against the Jets, mm -hmm. especially because the Steelers helped you out. Um, yeah. You know, it, it looked like it wasn't going to matter because it looked like the Colts were going to win that game and nothing was going to go the Browns way to clinch. Right. But, you know, now you're in this situation and, and in this year, the last thing you want is to go into a game that you have to win because mm -hmm. we just saw on Saturday night, what can happen 18 hours before kickoff? Yes. Who, who knows what could happen? You could have all your guys. The Steelers could lose guys. You could lose guys. It's just, that's, that's the story of this season. Um, and, and the Browns had done a pretty good job really up until, up until this weekend. Yeah. And you're right, Dan, I agree with you that uh, Kevin Stefanski seemed a bit irked. Now we saw that there was a a report that came out of, of NFL Network saying that uh, that this uh, contact happened in the the recovery pool area, 
where there's hot tubs, cold tubs, and all that kind of stuff, and that a video showed that there was someone not wearing a mask appropriately or whatever. So Kevin Stefanski did seem a little bit irked that somebody didn't do something that they were supposed to do. Uh, if, if, if it's found out that a number of players did something that they weren't supposed to do, then that, that's going to be very, very controversial. Yeah, and that, you know, I, I ta I've talked about this with um, Terry on this pod before we brought it up. I don't, I don't remember if you were on yesterday in the post game show uh, when I brought this up too, but the thing about Kevin Stefanski that has stood out to me all year, when you go back, I go back and rewatch all these games. So even if I'm at the game, I go back and watch the TV copy. You never see him on the sideline not wearing that mask perfectly, <laughs> which might seem silly to point out, but what it shows you is this guy's going to, this guy's setting the example that he's going to take this seriously. And that's the expectation for his team. Whether what, whatever he thinks about it, he, he's going to take it seriously. And he expects that from all his players too. So, you know, again, it, it just, maybe he was irked at the NFL or maybe he was irked at his guys. I, you know, I don't think he's ever going to tell us, but um, he, he didn't seem thrilled about answering questions about that stuff. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's saying, I'm not going to get into specifics about that. So that it doesn't seem like a situation where everybody did everything they were 100% absolutely supposed to do correctly. And this just kind of happened. There, it, it seems to be that there was a misstep somewhere along the line, somehow, some way, whether it, would, it was just that one interaction where somebody didn't have a mask on properly. But Kevin Stefanski told us early on that they were going to do COVID protocols, or at least try to, better than anybody else in the NFL, that they were going to go above and beyond the call of duty and that they were, they were going to nail this and, uh, and that it was going to be hopefully for them through no fault of their own, if anything happened. So as more is revealed to us, we'll figure out exactly what this is all about. Yeah. So there we go. I, I think the answer to this question is yes, <laughs> this is his biggest test uh, based on everything swirling around and the fact that they need to go win this game against, of all teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which brings us full circle to where we started. Uh, so that will do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Get subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast, because if you weren't subscribed, you might have missed out on our emergency pod that we jumped on and recorded on Saturday night. It was a crazy Saturday night, especially for you, Mary Kay, uh, traveling and then dealing with all the breaking news. But we jumped on and we did an emergency pod and it went straight to your feeds on Saturday night. You could have had that Sunday morning. So make sure you get subscribed. You never know uh, when those things might be coming. And of course, regularly, we've got seven pods coming your way every single week. So for Mary Cam, Dan, thanks for listening, everybody. Peace.